Welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. Hi, welcome to Tech Talk, y'all, episode 171. I'm Adam Walker. And I'm Sanjay Parekh. Man, we've got a great episode for you today. Of course, listen, we're going to talk about our opinions on Robin Hood and GameStop. It's coming, so prepare yourselves for it. But in the meantime, in this episode, we're going to talk about the new cheapest kind of energy, Twitter launching some awesome stuff, NBC Universal having a partnership with Twitter, of course, like I said, Robin Hood, a bunch of satellites going into the sky by a particular rich billionaire that we talk about often. We got Weird and Wacky, and we got Tech Rex. So, Sanjay, you ready for this? Let's do this thing. All right, man. Episode, uh, I said I was about to say episode one. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to time warp us or something. What's going on? Article, like, article one. Article one. Solar is now the, quote, cheapest electricity in history, confirms IEA. This is pretty epic, right? Yeah, this is uh, this is pretty fascinating. Um, I stumbled upon this article, and and they're talking about how solar is now uh, the cheapest electricity we've ever had, cheaper than uh, coal, cheaper than all of these things. Uh, yeah. The charts in this article are, are fascinating, right? So um, they're kind of showing and predicting the growth uh, and or decline of different types of electricity. You know, uh, one thing we didn't link to in the show notes. Um, that also just got announced was GM saying that they are going to stop producing gasoline-powered vehicles by 2035, I think, right? I saw that. Yeah, Which that's is, crazy. It's just in line with this article, right? Like, yeah. it's, you know, we're going to stop using all of this stuff that just pollutes the environment. Let's yeah. start using solar power and, and uh, electricity to power all this stuff. So I'm all um, about it. I'm all about it. I love it. One thing that it. was interesting, though, I will say in this article, at the very end, Um, and this is, it kind of struck me just because I I recently watched this movie forks over knives again, which is talking about kind of what you should be eating and shouldn't be eating. Um, but it said at the end there, uh, it notes that without a shift towards vegetarian diets, it will be very quote, very difficult to achieve rapid emissions reductions. Mm, Uh, so it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, it's not just about necessarily, uh, the fuel that you're using for transportation, it's also about all of the other things that you're doing, right? The things you're consuming and how does that impact? And, you know, are you having to get food that's shipped from 5,000 miles away or is it, right. you know, food that's uh, locally grown and sourced and, and all of those kinds of things. So, yeah. um, you know, folks should think about that, right? If you're trying to do it things right by the environment, you should yeah. uh, think about all the things that you're doing. It has an impact. That's for sure. Thinking about uh, something that's going to have an impact, maybe Twitter launches Birdwatch, a forum to combat misinformation. Now, like the uh, Wikipedia of truth telling on Twitter. I mean, is yeah. that, that kind of what I'm understanding here? So here's the thing. I uh, the, gr- Good idea. Right. So what they're going to do is they're going to crowdsource and then people are going to be able to basically provide information or background or, or kind of mark things that are misinformation. Um, which makes sense, right? Because Facebook has tried to do this by hiring their own people and Twitter's like, well, we're just going to get all of you to do it. And then we're going to have a smaller group that then probably just vets that stuff, which would totally make sense. You know how this could have been successful is if they had rolled this out a few years ago when people actually wanted to have um, the blue check mark and be like, okay, you do enough of these, you get a blue check mark. 
That's a great idea. That's what they should do. I mean, they you can should, still do it. They could they yeah. could have a they could have a different color check mark. It doesn't have to be blue. Maybe it's green. You have a green check mark for maybe it's not verified you, but for trusted user or something like trusted, that. Trusted, verified and trusted. Yeah. Oh, I like uh, that. Yeah. See, I thought like the blue check mark has kind of become passé, but I yeah. don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe they could mix it up by by I'll, adding I would love a to color. be a trusted user. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that means or why anyone would ever trust me on Twitter, but nonetheless, <laughs> I love the idea. <laughs> So. I, I think Snopes would probably be trusted, right? I, I would give yeah. them a green check mark Snopes right away. Snopes is great. I love Snopes. I do too. Um, so great. It, it's All funny. Right. They they post stuff sometimes on Twitter, just things that aren't necessarily even current. I'm like, oh, really? I didn't know about that. And I'll click and I'll, I learn something. Uh, I don't know that I follow Snopes on Twitter. I need to do that. <gasps> How do oh, that's a good one. Snopes? Okay. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. All right. So NBC Universal is bringing its live events to Twitter users globally. So now you'll be able to see... Sports highlights come into Twitter. You'll be able to see, I don't know, other live things that aren't currently coming to mind because sports is the only <laughs> thing that ever comes to mind regarding live TV. Um, but yeah, that's going to come to Twitter. There's going to be more opportunities to watch live stuff on your phone through social networks. I think that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's funny because as you're talking about this, you know, I flashed on, I don't know, I haven't finished it yet, but there's this show on Netflix and I think it's called We Are the Champions or the Champions, something like that. Okay. Okay. And it's these oddball sporting events um, all over the place. And I recall one was in England where it's basically a race down a very steep incline hill and people fall and tumble and whatever. And whoever wins gets, I don't know, a plate or something. I forgot what it was. That sounds but it is terrifying. The most it, it, it was and and like one of the people that has won it multiple times the last time she like dislocated her shoulder and then was going to do it again and just like crazy but um i would love to have those kinds of highlights yes sports yes highlights on twitter so yeah you know listen there i've seen yeah. more wacky sports in the last in the last little while and a lot of them were like tiktok like there's some crazy sports out. Like I've seen a sport where there's a pole and whoever, like one person has to stay on top of the pole. There's two teams and like one team's trying to defend the person on top of this pole and the uh -huh. other team's trying to dive over and like crush the other people to get to the person on the pole to yank them off. But their person, I mean, it's just, there's some what? crazy sport. I'm telling you, there's some crazy where sports out there. Where is this sport played and what I is this called? I don't know. Listen, we need to find some crazy sports to highlight and talk about on this show because there's some crazy ones out there i i I'm, think that I'm fits in weird articles. and wacky we could put it in yeah. that that's i'm gonna look up some articles for next week it's okay gonna be okay i like that all right so so getting to the current event that's happening right now robin hood is losing thousands of traders to china-owned rival so sanjay i'm gonna let you walk us through the saga of robin hood give us the give us the thousand the the ten thousand foot flyover here and then let's chat about it. Yeah, so uh, this is what happened. Uh, about a week and a half ago, a bunch of folks got together on uh, Wall Street Bets, uh, which is a subreddit uh, yep. on Reddit, and started talking about how stocks like GameStop were so massively shorted, uh, so people are, are betting on the demise of the company, that 120% of the number of shares that were in existence for GameStop were being bet that it was going to go down in value. 
And a lot of this belief was based on some research that this was being done by hedge funds. So basically people that have lots and lots of money, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars that are betting on things to implode. And these people got together, these individual investors and said, Hey, we're going to buy into this stock because we don't think this is right. And we think it's worth a lot more. Um, and, and also uh, a while back, one of the founders of Chewy bought 10% of GameStop is now part of the board of directors and is trying to re-engineering a revitalization of the company and changing kind of the direction of it. And so these people all got together to do this. And, um, uh, the stock price went from like $4 to, uh, today it's like 200 and something dollars um, for a company that's losing money, um, and not a clear plan in the future. But, one of the platforms that a lot of these people use was Robinhood. Of course. And now, Robinhood is well-known. We've talked about it in the past. They were the first trading platform to eliminate commissions on stock trades. Right. So, obviously, people have gone to that platform because it's cheap. A lot of the other platforms followed suit. Ameritrade, which is the platform that I used uh, and I moved back to. I had a Robinhood account and I moved back to Ameritrade when they also went to zero. Uh, and a bunch of others did the same thing, E-Trade and, and some others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this last week... Uh, they, Robinhood froze trading on not just GameStop, but AMC and 13 total uh, symbols because of some vague issues. And what it seemed like to people was they were doing this to protect the big hedge funds because one of the hedge funds actually has an investment in Robinhood. Um, Mm. And interestingly, last night, the the founder of Robinhood was actually on Chris Cuomo's show on CNN. And I watched the clip and he did not do a good job. Um, he was very evasive in terms of why they did this. And it, yeah. he just kind of wave, kept waving arms like regulators and financial you know, things and this, that, and the other. I recently read a, a story about this as why this happened. So when you go on Robinhood and you put in money to be transferred, they give you access to that money instantly. Right. right. The money so is actually the money. not there. Yeah. Right. Because it takes up to three days for that money to show up. But you transfer, you say your bank is transferring a thousand dollars. You can immediately buy a thousand dollars worth of stock. Right. The thing what they're doing is they're actually giving you a margin account and not charging you any interest for those three days. Right. So what is happening is people are using Robinhood to buy these stocks, but they're having to actually put the cash up for it. And so right. they were having liquidity issues around that. So they just actually in the last day or two raised a billion dollars because now there's a class action lawsuit against them as well as, you know, these liquidity issues that they have. But because of all this, people are leaving Robinhood and going to Webull as well as some other platforms, not realizing that Webull is owned by Alibaba. That was a super long explanation of everything that's been going on. But I think our listeners now maybe understand what is happening here. That's important. So, so here's the real question, Sanjay. Have you bought any GameStop stock? <laughs> GameStop stock. Yeah. GameStop stock. No, yeah. the GameStop is going to stop the game at some point. Yeah. Uh, I have yeah. not bought any. I've looked at it. Uh, yeah. And it it doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. I, I am not a day trader. Um, although a lot of the people that are doing this say they are not day traders either. They are buying and holding. They're not going to sell. Um, and so... That's a you, terrible plan. I mean, listen... We're like disclaimer, we're not investment analysts. We cannot tell you how to invest, but I'm telling you, I, I, I my personal opinion is that game stock, the GameStop stock is not worth much more than four to $10 a share. So anybody that's paying 200 something right now, 
inevitably it's going to go down. It's a question of yeah. if you get out in time or not. I mean, it so is, here's here's what I've bubble, read from a lot of these people is yeah. that they are not doing this to make money. They are doing this to punish the hedge funds. Well, uh, I mean, for, listen, if you got discretionary funds and you want to stick it to the man and that like, okay, that's fine. I mean, so these people I, I also do don't have discretionary funds. They're, I've seen some posts from some of these people. They're like, I've never had more than a thousand dollars in the bank. I've had to figure out how to make ends meet when I had $13 in the bank. I don't care if I lose this $500 because this is about doing uh, this to stick it to the people that, wow. you know, have tons of money. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's interesting because I've even seen clips of these folks that have, that run these hedge funds yeah. flipping out on TV over these people shouldn't be doing this and that and the other and whatever. And it's like, you're upset because you just lost hundreds of millions of dollars because people that have less than a thousand dollars did something. Right. And, and you're complaining about poor people basically taking money from the rich. I'm like, I, I think you don't actually have a place to complain here, right? Like, I feel like the optics of that is poor. They probably should have talked to a PR company before they before they did that. I'm just I'm just saying. So, they or a they definitely should have talked to their communications or, or crisis yeah. management people uh, yeah. before going on TV. But um, I, I honestly I don't think a lot of these people are actually doing this to make money. No. I think they're no, doing this as. Yep. As a statement, it's it, this is like a form of protest, um, yeah. essentially wow. for them. So there you go. Crazy. Next up, we've got uh, Elon Musk targeting telecom for the next disruption with Starlink Internet. Um, I think we've actually talked about Starlink in the past and how they yeah. are well about the, up, in the context of launching tons of, of satellites for sure. Yeah, so they've got um, the, the numbers are actually fascinating because I don't think they'd share pricing on this before. Uh, but they've got about a thousand satellites up now and $99 a month gets you speeds of hundred megabits uh, on downloads and 15 to 20 megabits on uploads, hmm. which I mean, hundred dollars a month is expensive, but if yeah. you have nothing, well, that's true. That's so if you're, if you're like expensive. out, out, you know, really far away from the city, and you don't have any other options, you're right. Yeah. That's not a that's not a bad option at that point. That's a good well, point. And, and but, it's five hundred dollars for the equipment. So five hundred dollars for the dish and antenna. Okay. Uh, and then a hundred dollars a month. <clears throat> so they're talking about people that uh, like there's a hundred and sixty acre farm on Lake Superior and there's there's nothing there, right? Like the telecoms are not gonna go out there because right. it would cost them tens of thousands of dollars to serve somebody that they're gonna make fifty bucks a month from. Right. Like yeah. economically it just doesn't make sense for them. And, and right, yeah. I understand that, but it's not a good thing either. Like we should all want everybody in the country to have access to internet. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, I, I like that this is a problem. I mean, and honestly, like I like this is a problem that not just Elon Musk is trying to solve, but there's a lot of, of great entrepreneurs and big companies trying to bring internet to rural areas. We talked about Google Loon many times on this podcast, talked about all kinds of different options. And so, I mean, it's just another variation on that same conversation. It's yeah. really important. And, and there, there comes a point and I don't know if we're there or not, but there comes a point where, you know, access to the internet becomes a, a basic human right because that you have to have it in order to survive and play yeah. in the world economy. Um, so wh whether or not we're there is a, is a bigger, bigger question than I'm willing to answer, but it is coming. Yeah. What's interesting is, is that, you know, this I think shows timing is everything. Um, if you mm. remember, if some years ago we had the Iridium project, uh, which had launched a bunch of satellites up so that you could do phone calls anywhere in the world. Mm. But it was ungodly expensive. That's right, uh, yeah. 
And, you know, like this is not cheap either, 100 bucks a month, but... Um, but it's this, cheaper than they, that. It, it's cheaper than the Iridium project was yeah. with, with the phone and everything. Um, and this makes a lot of sense uh, mm-hmm. to connect people up to internet so that you can do... You know, you can watch TV over the internet or you can do video calls and everything. So um, it's just fascinating. Like if if they had been a little bit later with Iridium, used better technology, smaller satellites and done data instead of voice, um, we might not even be talking about Elon Musk launching this because it would already exist. That's right. Um, That's right. So, yeah. All right. Well, so, so speaking of the next evolution of something that exists, Firefox 85 removes Flash and adds protection against Super cookies. I know you're excited about that. I am so excited please, about this. Pl- please define super cookies for so, me. Yeah, so uh, super cookies um, are, are cookies that basically track, I think it's supposed to be tracking you everywhere. Okay. Um, and so what they've done is this thing that is fascinating. It's interesting. I'd, I'd love to dig into the technical details. I have not yet, but they're calling it network partitioning. And basically what they're doing is every site's cache that you go to is its own independent cache. So you go to uh, DuckDuckGo, that gets its own cache. You go to you know Yahoo. I don't know if anybody goes to Yahoo anymore, but the people that go to Yahoo.com, uh, it gets a separate cache. And so those so to if say, you, go to Excite. If you go to Excite.com, Excite. Get, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Anybody that goes to Alta Vista, um, <laughs> you know, you go to Alta Vista. Uh, the cookies that you get there, they don't interact with the cookies that you get at DuckDuckGo. Geo Geo Cities. Do you still have your side on Geo Cities? I, uh, I, I I never took it down, so it's probably there. <laughs> <laughs> I think they archived all of GeoCities. I don't think that's even online so. anymore. I'd like to see some of my early HTML days with spinning email icons. That'd be great. You know, you know what's so funny? So just the other day, I was um, ordering um, uh, pizza from Mellow Mushroom, right? And on right. their site is a little button that says, don't press this. And so, of course, I was like, oh, what, is, what does that do? So I pressed it. It goes to another page where they show off um, the ver- the original version of their website that was built by the, uh, the the two brothers that did Homestar Runner here in Atlanta. Yes, awesome. But here's the thing: you can't see it anymore because the site flash. is in Flash, yep. and uh, Firefox doesn't support Flash anymore. So I went to the page and I was like, "Oh, I can't see this anymore." Listen, but but it's okay because Homestar Runner still lives on in YouTube, so it's okay. You can go see all the old cartoons on YouTube for Homestar. If you if you need some strong bad emails in your life, you yeah. still can. Just so you know, theirs was all Flash originally, right? All Flash. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent Flash. Flash Flash animated. It was amazing too, and the humor was fantastic. I'm just saying, yeah, unbelievable. Are they still doing that or, or no? They, no, no, they stopped that a long time ago. They actually. Okay. Uh, I believe they actually ended up getting jobs in like the animation uh, space and like mentoring uh, some people that went on to create some pretty big shows, as, as oh. I recall. So oh, yeah, it's, cool. it's been it's a pretty interesting interesting path. Yeah. So uh, last article before we get to weird and wacky, which is always just truly epic. Walmart is expanding its robot-powered fulfillment centers to dozens of locations. So really, I tagged this article because again, I mean, we keep saying it on this show. It's just another step towards Skynet. There's just more robots in more places that can ultimately take over the world. That's all I'm trying to say. I don't know why you all are so like 
headstrong about like having the robots kill us. Like, why are you all doing this? <laughs> like, do do they not watch movies? Do they not watch those scary videos of the robots dancing like after they've killed us that that uh, Boston Dynamics just put out? Uh, we talked about Boston this. Boston Dynamics episodes. puts out some creepy videos, man. Like their their robots do some crazy. Like they've got robots of their little robot dog, where where people are like kicking the dog, trying to kick it, and it's it'll just stagger back and then come back. Like it's it's crazy. I'm just yeah. it's so impressive. I, I mean, it's I just mean, crazy. I. I want to know what kind of psychopaths work at that company because I, I mean, you can't be making any of this stuff and be like, no, this is fine. This is totally fine. This is okay. This will not turn bad at all. That's like saying, uh, it's, it's like saying you can't code an AI without being a little crazy. Is that what you're trying to say? I feel like, I feel like you probably can, but anyway, I mean, I, you said that in case Skynet's listening. I mean, I'm just so, saying. I'm saying. That all was right, Adam, so not listen, all, all jokes aside, we we don't really think the sky is falling. I do think it's it, it is interesting that Walmart's getting more into robot power fulfillment centers. I mean, really, honestly, they're just taking their notes from their their notes from Amazon. They're like, oh look, look look at what Amazon did. Let's go do that. Like, it feels like that's what what Walmart's constantly doing now. It's like, oh look, people buy on Amazon's website. Let's beef up our website. Like, okay, it's about time. I guess. Yeah. All right, moving on. I, I suppose. <laughs> it's time for it's time for weird and wacky. Time for the weird and wacky segment. Abominable snowman. Oh, not an axe <laughs> One of the TAs turned out to be a bot. First up, we've got a Lord of the Rings Lego build sets. Lord of the Rings Lego build sets. New world record. With 150 million pieces, I feel like I I don't know how to say that title did, at all. Did, it, Basically. Okay. There's a new world record uh, for the largest uh, set, and it's a Lord of the Rings themed set with 150 million pieces. And did you look at the video of this? It is I, I did massive. Not is it massive? Oh my gosh! I'm, I'm like, turning on the video right now. I, like I didn't, I, I didn't see how many hours it, it must have taken, but I, I, like. Oh wait, I, I did see this video. Yeah, this is I hope someone got paid to make this because there's so much time invested. If they're not getting paid to do it for some reason, I feel like it's just sad, right? But like it's, <laughs> like it's it's unbelievable. You should go you you all you people listening need to watch the video. It's crazy. It's impressive. It's the biggest legacy you've ever seen in your life. It's unbelievable. That's all I'm trying I to say. Feel like though, the 150 million feels not like the right number. Like okay. I feel like they just rounded. Right, like you, you mean like it's fifty million exactly? Yeah, well, yeah, you're of course right. It's really it got to be like one hundred fifty million, whatever, 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 trailing off. Right, like sure. why would it, it feels more impressive if you give me the exact number? Like, wait, you did this and you counted every single brick that went into it? Yeah, I think if I was the PR company for this, I would have just made up a number at that. Like, cause <laughs> who's gonna check you, right? It's 150 million, 560,000. Yeah, I just would have. You know. But they got they got a world record, right? Was this a Guinness uh, world? Oh, record? yeah. So maybe they did count. I don't know. Yeah, they, I mean, if it's a Guinness thing, they, they would have counted. They counted. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it says Guinness uh, world record is certified. So why does this article not tell you exactly? I, I got to believe the Guinness people. We could probably find count. that information, but I'm going to let you spend your time on that. And I'm going to yeah, move I'm, on to the next I, article. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is crazy. So. Has science solved one of history's greatest adventure mysteries? So, quick quick background. Uh, I believe this was in Russia about 70 years ago. There was there was a group of people 
that were hiking and, and sort of uh, the remains were found. There were some bones broken. And basically there's all these kind of conspiracy theories about what happened to these people. Like how did they die? And there's, there's even like Yeti, like it was the Yeti that got them conspiracy <laughs> theories. And I mean, seriously, like crazy stuff. And so uh, interestingly enough, some inspiration from Frozen, you heard me correctly, from Frozen, the Disney movie, helped solve this mystery. So the, one of the people that was, was looking into this mystery uh, saw Frozen and saw how they animated the snow in Frozen and how, they, how the snow moved and was inspired by that. So they actually went and found the person that did the coding for the snow and recreated this scene from 70 years ago to understand how a, a, an avalanche on a small incline could have happened and might have impacted and, and what pressures it would have had on people that could have broken their bones. And they basically proved through doing this that it was very likely an avalanche that, that ended up killing those people. So uh, that's kind of crazy, you know, Disney uh, Frozen movie helping to solve a, a mystery of um, adventures, you know, that didn't work And out. you know what I have to say about the people that still have the theory that the Yeti did it? Uh, what's that? Let it go, let it go, <laughs> let it go. That's what I have to say about that. Okay, I'm going to need to make that into some kind of sound clip that can be shared massively <laughs> everywhere. That's the next meme, people. Forget Bernie Sanders. It's going to be Sanjay singing Let It Go. That's the next thing. It's going to be awesome. There you go. So, uh, anyway, all right. You know what time it is. So I've got something that we've been using for together letters that's kind of awesome. Um, it's a service called Iubenda. I don't know how you say it. It's I-U-B-E-N-D-A. Iubenda? Is that yeah. what you'd say? I call yeah. it Iubenda for sure. Iubenda. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know what it stands for, but it's a service that creates privacy policies and terms of service uh, policies for you to use on your site without having to deal with a lawyer or anything like that. It covers most cases. You can just go in there and tell it what services you use, and it just kind of auto-populates all the stuff. It just asks you questions. It's super easy. Um, you and I were talking about this. We were adding some services onto the website, and I was like, oh, let's make sure that that's in the privacy policy. Just went in there, click, click, uh, and then there you go. It uh, generates it. It's already linked into our site, and uh, we're covered and protected. It's uh, it's pretty neat. Um, so yeah, check it out if you if you need a privacy policy, terms of service made, uh, check that out. There are deals abound for Iubenda service, so you should do some searching too, um, yeah. and uh, and get hooked up if uh, if you're launching some kind of service that you think needs privacy policy in terms of service protection. And they have a free version too. So, I mean, they you do, start yeah. with a free version in the build, for, but, but, but honestly, like the big daddy, I'm going to pay everything version still ends up being like, what, $150? I mean, it's not Something terrible. like that. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. not and for the legal yeah. protection you get, to me, I mean, it's just, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you're starting a real thing um, where you're concerned that somebody might come and sue you, not like, you know, if it's your personal website and it's like your blog or something, probably don't need to worry about this. Uh, right. But if it's something that's a, an actual business, yeah, you should make sure you're covered. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here you go. This is a good way to do that. So, what about yeah. you, Adam? What do you got for us? Uh, I'm going to recommend Typeform. So Typeform is a really interesting form generator. It it looks really nice as you're kind of going through the form. It, it kind of it flows differently from sort of a standard web form. You, you know, you fill in the, you fill in the thing, you hit enter, you go you go to the next form. 
on the screen, you hit fill in the thing, you hit enter. So it's all keyboard based instead of being kind of clunky click based. Um, and it has a ton of integrations to do a ton of functionality. It also has a ton of logic that you can build into it as well. So if they do this, do you know show this form next. Mm -hmm. And if they answer this way, show this next. So it's a, it's a really great way to capture information. It's a fantastic user experience, really powerful on the admin side. So if you need a great form capture for some reason, Typeform is a great way to go. You should consider it. Yeah. The, the interface, I think, on the user side of entering forms is really well done for, for yeah. Typeform. I think it yeah. might be the best user interface of a form I've ever seen. I mean, it, it's just really, really nice and really well done. Yeah. So, I, per yeah. I personally, I use Wufu a lot, and I think I've recommended it in the past. Um, mm -hmm. It's good, but I think uh, Typeform has definitely got an edge in terms of user user interface. Yeah. All right, Sanjay, how can our users find and connect with you? They can find me on Twitter at, at Sanjay. That's S-A-N-J-A-Y or SanjayParik.com. What about you, Adam? Find me on Twitter too. AJ Walker also on Twitter. Look out for Together Letters. We are going to be ramping up that account. Would love to have you follow it and connect and talk and retweet everything that goes out. That'd be fine too. So and if you're looking for another that. podcast to listen to, there's the Together Letters podcast as well. That's right, the Together Letters podcast where we talk about what we're building. We're, we're calling it building in public. It's a, I think it's a, it's not a, it's not a phrase that we coined, but it's the concept that we are publicly building this, this thing, and we want people to see the process that we're taking as we're doing. It. So we're doing that. We're building in public through the Together Letters podcast. Make sure to go and look it up.